This is Tom Brown wrapping up a massive trade period for Triple M. The deals have been closed. There's been some nervous moments for players and managers tonight with a couple of deals going down to the wire and one deal in the end not getting done. I'll start with those deals. Dane Beams is officially a magpie. His backflip is complete. He's landed a perfect 10 after denying that he wanted a trade to Collingwood for much of the year and backflipping after their best and fairest, the Lions' best and fairest, the deal in the end getting done with two first-round picks, a current and future first-round pick, and a key pick then going back to the Magpies. It'll be seen clearly as a massive win for Collingwood. Beams will, uh, you'd think, just rejuvenate their already good midfield uh, better next season. It's a fantastic deal for the Magpies. The Dylan Shield deal also went down to the wire. Now, just for some context here, at one stage tonight, the Giants were threatening to keep Dylan Shield, saying despite salary cap issues, which they've been commenting on during the week, they were prepared to and could afford to keep Shield. And at one point, there was even speculation, which I frankly quashed, that Carlton could get involved in the deal. Essendon was his club of nomination, and that's what happened in the end. Some are saying that Essendon blinked. I think it's a pretty good deal for Essendon in the end. It again involves two first-round picks uh, this year, next year, and a pick back. But the key thing that uh, is the key take-home point there is that Dylan Shield got to his club of choice, the Bombers, in what can only really be described as a bit of a trade coup by the Bombers. I think it's a, a fantastic pick-up by them. The deal that didn't get done was Tim Kelly to Geelong. Just by way of background, as I've commented on throughout the week, Tim Kelly wanted to go to West Coast but told Geelong he wasn't prepared to go to Fremantle. It was a mixed message that in the end might have cost him. His family wanted to go back to Perth. West Coast made him a big offer. But Geelong said, well, you can't go. It was for a couple of reasons. West Coast were offering a couple of picks in the 20s, in essence, plus a future pick. And Geelong want to make the finals next year. And Kelly is their best current midfielder. Better than Selwood, better than Dangerfield, better than Ablett this year. He missed their best and fairest by just half a vote. So he's had an incredible season. And Geelong really need Kelly. So the deal never really suited them from a short-term perspective, in particular trying to make the finals. There was also a financial impact to this deal, which I'll discuss. It was basically that because he's a second-year player still, his money set by the AFL. It's about $120,000. So West Coast or Geelong only have to pay him $120,000 next year. Sure, West Coast was going to pay him $600,000 a year or so in his third year, and that still might happen down the track. But Geelong was hardly going to trade a bloke that's worth $600,000 when all they've got to do is pay him about $120,000. So Geelong has held Kelly to his contract in, I guess, a bit of a referendum and a stand on clubs letting uh, contracted players just walk. Geelong, so far, keeping him. So it'll be seen as a bit of a strong play by the Cats. I guess Kelly now will have to knuckle down, hopefully sort out his family situation and uh, make the best of it another year at the Cats, which I'm sure he'll do. So that was a really important stand by the Cats tonight. In terms of other deals today, the so-called mega deal basically well, did get completed. In terms of the key developments, Jesse Hogan got to Fremantle, Lockie Neal got to Brisbane, Stephen May to Melbourne in a really huge coup, Melbourne also getting Kay Collajasny from the Gold Coast Suns as well. So that deal uh, basically in the end happened, all the key components happened, Neal to Brisbane, Hogan to Fremantle, May to Melbourne, obviously Beam's part of that in, in, in an indirect sort of way as well. So that deal ended up getting through. Just by way of Hogan background, I understand tonight that he has agreed to a term with Fremantle that is uh, less than what was reported. It's less than five years, and he's taken a bit of a pay cut to go to Fremantle. 
But this deal, which Fremantle controversially declared was off the table last Friday, was always really on over the weekend. I can tell you that his manager, Matt Bain, went across to Perth. Hogan flew in from Bali. They met with Ross Lyon and Nat Fife in particular. Ross has put an enormous amount of work into the Hogan deal, and they all committed to it, all got behind it, and that's been bubbling away in the background this week. Jesse Hogan getting to Fremantle. Ross Lyon and Nat Fife instrumental in making that happen. Ross Lyon's been in Melbourne all week. There'll be a lot of talk about the biggest winners and the biggest losers. Fremantle, after being criticised last Friday, including by me, for, uh, I guess, pulling the rug from under Hogan, they're being billed as the big winners. They've got Lobb in, they've got Hogan in to complement what's going to be obviously a good forward line. They've obviously lost Neil, but they only had picks five and about 91 at the start of the draft. They've now got picks in all stages of the draft, right through each round. So Peter Bell and Steve Rossich and Ross Lyon being regarded as having done a great trade period tonight. North Melbourne's obviously been very active as well. Melbourne are pretty happy. They're going to have Stephen May and Jake Lever both in defence next year. Collingwood's given up a bit, but they're clearly rolling the dice and having a huge tilt at the flag with Dane Beam's a significant inclusion as well. You'd have to think Brisbane probably square. They've got in Neil and they've obviously lost beams. But there'll be plenty of talk about the winners and the losers over the next couple of days. Of course, Hawthorne could be the big winner if they can get Tom Scully fit. Tom Scully spoke today. Clearly the Giants, by giving him up for a future fourth-round pick, reckon that uh, he's got a degenerative ankle issue that can't be fixed. Well, Hawthorne's got an opposite view. They think it can be fixed. And Scully commented today that he's also optimistic that he can get it right. Let's hope for his sake and Hawthorne's sake he can. It would be a coup if they've got Wingard on board, which also got done today in exchange for Burton and a pick around 15. And also uh, also Scully on board as well. So Hawthorne will be pretty pleased. We'll hear, obviously, the next couple of days about the reasons for Beam's trade and why he wanted to come back. Clearly, it's for family reasons. He's got a young family here in Melbourne. He'll cop some flack. He maintained all the year, despite my report and uh, also Damien Barrett's report last uh, Thursday that uh, he didn't want to return to Melbourne, but uh, and in particular Collingwood, but he did, and it's been on for a long time. I think Collingwood's been talking to him extensively. He's been talking to Collingwood players behind the scenes as well. There's also There'll also be some debate now about where the Suns are situated. They spoke tonight post the uh, trade period and uh, just reiterated that they now can't afford for guys like Stephen May not to be fully committed to the club. Stuart, you need spokes committed and they're confident they can change the culture. But it's worth noting that a lot of their top picks now in recent years, including Ablett, including Prestia, obviously including Tom Lynch and Stephen May, they're all out of the club. So it's a bit of a watershed moment for the Suns. Of course, all the clubs at this time of year think they're uh, winners from the trade period. That's the nature of taking a risk in a trade situation. It's worth remembering that this time last year, Collingwood and West Coast took a pretty conservative approach to the trade period, weren't particularly active, and both made the grand final. Essendon got the trade trifecta, which included, um, obviously, those three players at the time, and uh, um, including Devin Smith, and it didn't quite pay off for them. So there's all sorts of ways you can analyse this. It's all, uh, I guess... You've got perfect knowledge in the fullness of time, which you just don't have tonight. But I guess plenty of supporters, particularly from Melbourne, particularly from North, particularly from Fremantle, and also Collingwood, you'd think would be pretty pleased with this trade period. We'll have all the latest on the hot breakfast in the morning. But uh, the key points tonight is that Shield got to Essendon in the end, despite some argy-bargy. Um, also uh, in a huge coup for the Pies, you'd think. Um, uh, Dane Beams got to, to Collingwood as well. And uh, Tim Kelly... Geelong digging in and keeping Kelly, Hogan getting to Fremantle, and May getting to Melbourne. Uh, so a huge day of trades. I should I'll probably also mention Lobb getting to Fremantle as well. So there'll be 
very happy with their forward line. We'll have all the latest on the hot breakfast in the morning. Make sure you can uh, submit any questions you like to me on Twitter at TomBrown7 or uh, phone into the hot breakfast. We'll have all the latest as trade period continues to extrapolate throughout the week on Triple M as we come now into the draft period.